0: is up everybody welcome to comic book club i'm alex i'm pete and we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet we are live over on crowdcast live on youtube maybe you're catching the podcast later wherever you get your podcasts and wherever it is it's all good but one person who won't be getting it tonight is our co-host justin yeah now you might know see- me- oh, go ahead you oh go ahead. were you gonna set it up This is a great joke. You guys are going to love this one. So Justin has been, I believe, line producing a show called 101 Places to Party Before You Die on True TV, which wrapped up its run on Thursday. So now he's dead because he partied
2: (laughs) and then he went to all the 101 places and now he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. So RIP, Justin. Yeah, that's what happens when you make a TV show Mm -hmm. that literal. Uh, you know, it's in the contract. He's got to die at the end of the season. So there you go. That's that's how they bring new people into Hollywood. They're always getting those fresh faces off of the bus. Right. You know?
0: That's how they do it. Remember when we used up. to be those fresh faces, Pete? No, I don't. Mm. Ah, you still have that fresh face. I love that Punim. Look at that little Punim. <laughs> I don't
2: know what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was, uh, I st- saw the last episode. Uh, super happy for him. I mean, I feel like he went out on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
0: he died doing what he, doing what he loved being late for the show
2: yeah yeah well he he made a great show and you know if uh this is it i mean at least he got to really uh put a good stamp out there you know what i mean it was uh it was a quality show and if you're gonna go out go out on top it was a very good show it's very fun
0: everybody should check it out i believe some of the episodes but maybe not all the episodes are streaming right now on True TV. So definitely check it out so that Justin can miss many, many more shows of the future and travel, continue to travel around the country. I mean that earnestly. I would love to see him do that yeah. because it's a very fun time. Uh, also, a fun time, we got two other J's to replace our J, who's going That's... to be missing. Two <laughs> of our favorite weird. guys. It is very weird. Two of our favorite guys to chat with. They are the creators of the new book, Survival Street. Jim Festante and James asmus coming back to the show. Hey James, great to see you. Hey. Jim, great to see you as well. LaPage.
2: Hey. <laughs> What's going on, bro? <laughs> I love oh, that. I, oh, yeah. I forgot that. I yeah, forgot I that beer. at
0: the top of the show you have to have your broing out time, the two of you. So I'll let
2: you take it for beer. Yeah. Go love, ahead. You, love you too, man. Great to see you. Congratulations on this comic. Uh, it's always weird when you read a comic from somebody you know, you're like, Oh man, I hope this is good. But you guys destroyed this. This was really well done, so creative, so much fun. Congratulations! Thanks, dude. Yeah, man,
3: thank you. It, it was, uh, um, uh, we, we poured a lot uh, into it and uh, but really didn't know how it was gonna land because it is a weird brew. So every time. Any
0: individual person tells me they like it. It's a huge relief. I mean, to set up the concept of the book, at least the way that it's set up in the first issue, because I definitely went through a like, oh, okay, I see what the book is about. Oh, that's not what the book is about. (laughs) Where it's a little bit about like a Sesame Street style show. They get cancelled and then years later, corporations have taken over the United States and they are in this post-apocalyptic wasteland fighting back against the corporations while still being puppets without spoiling too much since it comes out this week. The second issue delves a little more into the mythology of these puppets and how it works. But... Take yes. us back a little bit here in terms of how this concept got set up and potentially how it like blew up exponentially <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: um so so Jim and I have worked together since uh doing comedy Oh damn what are ten ten something years ago around yeah, it's there only
4: ten or eleven years, maybe twelve. Oh.
3: Yeah. Um I prefer not to acknowledge the passing of time, so hopefully it won't <laughs> let me speak it. It's been it's a month or of- two. It's been a month or two. Something.
4: Like that. <laughs>
3: uh but uh so, so we're all we've always been working on something together since then. And um uh kind of early pandemic we were wrapping our previous book which was um field tripping which is like an all ages yeah, sci-fi dark movie. comedy. Yeah. Um uh for comixology r.i.p and uh, (laughs) um
0: oh so you're uh, not going to be writing a book for them i see what's going on okay um yeah you'd think after
3: this one all about how corporations are destroying the fabric of society amazon would be really
2: (laughs) throwing money right all the years yeah exactly
0: I mean, to but, be fair, not to keep interrupting you, but Jim be- uh, Jeff Bezos does, probably doesn't have like a lot of sight there, given that he just did a Lord of the Rings show that's all about anti-industrialism and not taking over the world, <laughs> but
4: whatever. Well, to be fair, I mean, the showrunners did say, or no, I think it was actually a quote from Jeff uh, himself where he was like, oh, I'm glad the showrunners did, didn't take my notes. And you're like... A, why are you weighing in with notes? <laughs> B, Jesus God, what were the what could those notes have been? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably that it's like, oh yeah, change all make it pro corporation,
0: pro if there's a what if there's an elf named Bezos and he's very strong and he saves ever I'm just throwing some stuff out there. He doesn't
4: guys. need hair. He's <laughs> he's too sexy for hair.
2: His power is
4: next
2: to a- <laughs> i think he was probably more like oh i like all these little areas of the map here but how do they get packages back and forth right <laughs> guys should we should we div- a couple episodes to that right this, that, that was, was a very stuff weird stuff thing In bottles yes in bottles.
0: <laughs> that was a weird thing in the second episode where they started talking about uh discounted shipping but anyway uh james we have interrupted <laughs> yes, you
3: so, so when Jim and I were, uh, uh, we always get more excited about ideas that are genuinely about something, uh, you know, a particular emotional uh, or, you know, anxiety uh, uh, core that we feel. And there were so many things of the modern day, um, you know, uh, uh, especially um, kind of at that like dawn of pandemic era that were stressing us out socially, politically, all this stuff. We just kind of thought about, well, what's? can we make one world where we can keep exploring a hundred of these real life things, but it's in a story world that is unique, that is interesting, and that, that's funny. That's not just a guy running around our actual, you know, uh, outside your window, but something that takes it and heightens it and makes it weirder, but that it, it, the whole thing is about talking about whatever thing is stressing us out next month, too. Yeah. Um, and while we were talking about that world, it was sort of like, well, if if the corporate lobbyists get everything they want, what does that world look like? What does America look like? If everything they're lobbying politicians for, they get what they want. And um, one of the first things we said, like, jokingly, it was like, oh, of course they'll close PDN. All those monsters who children's shows will be be out of jobs and so uh what are they going to do and it was like ha ha ha! wait a second because then like real quickly we sort of realized that you know socialist puppets of children's television um are the heroes in that world because what they stand for is sharing and compassion and generosity and you know trying to understand someone who's different from you and it's everything that is not part of that world and so we realize they are they're the right heroes for that story
0: um so uh, we'll talk us through putting together the different characters here then because i feel like there's Certainly, a temptation to do one for one amalgams of the stuff on Sesame Street in the Muppets, and you kind of touch on that a little bit, but find your own riffs on it. So, yeah, I
4: mean, it's also like you know, put your team together, your own A team, right? You need like the loose cannon, you need the person that's planning all of the the heists, you need the muscle, you know, like the look. So it's like, how do we not only yet yeah, do like what are some of these familiar puppets that we're used to growing up from these television shows, but also like, how do they fit in together as this team that is kind of like, again, like a big influence for us too, was like those shows like Incredible Hulk and Night Rider and like, you know, where they go across the country and kind of like pop in and help. And then, you know, they're on to the next adventure. So it was also that too of just like, you know, like, yeah, we need like the bigger kind of like big birdish character, but also like, the muscle, like that's our hippie is like, you know, they're they're super strong and like, you know, they're very nice and kind and quiet and, you know, really kind of the heart of the group, but like when pushed too far, they'll, you know, they're a giant hippo. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's it also that kind of thing too, just like figuring out like, how does that round out our team too? And just like also including like a human, right? Like who is our, our you know, like from this show, like our Mr. Gordon, um, who also kind of is like, able to infiltrate more into like the human world and kind of act as like a little bit of a, an advance, you know, somebody that's able to kind of get in on the inside without raising too many eyebrows.
0: I mean, oh, go ahead, James, please.
4: Oh no. Yeah. I was just going to say, and you know, in terms of choosing
3: some of the puppets uh, uh, that we're riffing off of, some are more directly kind of analogous. Like, um, you know, we are, the leader is Birdie and her, former roommate's love of her life was Irma. And that's that's a pretty more direct thing. But in part, because we, we really with that, um, because they're not together anymore, by the time the book starts, we want you to understand like the length of the relationship that's not together anymore. And I think if you can kind of see a mirror image of Bert and Ernie, you're actually able to uh, like like, hopefully you're bringing in uh, an understanding of, a com- you know, a, a, a complicated years, years, years long relationship where they were living together and they had their fights and they ultimately always wanted to be together. Um, and so uh, some of them were kind of trading off of more direct things or they were, you know, someone with a great comedic game. So like uh, Gurgle, the Sunday fiend is is very important much like a cookie monster, or even in the Muppets, like, um, uh, 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 like a Lou Zealand, or someone who just has like one comedic game, and they cannot resist. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 they, they've got an Achilles Healer, they got something where anytime they see, you know, their object, they're gonna fall apart. And for her, it's ice cream. But then we treat it like a recovering drug addict. And so it's also um, with all of these characters, there's absurdity. And then we try to give them an emotional reality, too, that we we treat in every story with sincerity and pathos, even as, uh, you know, in its details, it's insane.
2: I I really love, uh, you know, as you're kind of talking about it, it, it the, the layers that it has. Like, I feel like, you know, uh, a younger version of me who might not get all the kind of political stuff would still just be having such a blast because the, you know, the puppets are, are pissed off and jaded. You know what I mean? Like just the juxtaposition of that is so much fun. There is just like, there's a lot going on. And I feel like what's great about this is not only is it cast a wide net as far as like what might people might be attracted to it or might find some things to relate to it. Um, but it, it, you know the art is 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 just so so unique as well, like the character design and everything. It's just uh, there's a there's a lot to like, and there's also like when you go back to it, there might be things that you didn't pick up the first time. We we
3: yeah, I mean we. Uh we put as much into this as we have for anything we've done. I mean, we, we really worked on the scripts for a year, kind of developing the concepts and the worlds and stuff. And it, we, uh, most issues, I think there's only one issue at standard length. I think issue three is like a regular, le- every other one, we paid more money out of our own pocket to add more pages, oh, wow. um, for no extra cover price, just to, um, just cuz there were more things we wanted to do say slip in like add we wanted a full meal in every issue because it is it is episodic like jim was saying one of our other big influences was those like traveling hero adventure of the week yeah. things and so we wanted every issue to kind of tell a tale in a location while it kind of rolls downhill and has consequences that pay forward into the the fourth and final issue he,
4: And I think also, like, sometimes, like, and and I I know it's a limitation of the medium, um, but for me, like, you know, a lot of books that I read are really great at hitting, like, these really fun fight sequences or, like, these big set pieces that happen within the book, but you don't always get a lot of time for character development. Mm -hmm. Um, And, again, I think it's, you know, it's hard. You're juggling a finite amount of pages and everything has to be, like, very compressed. So so also being able to, like, kind of make sure that we had room for these characters to really develop and give you a sense of who they are, because in, it, yeah, it's in their specifics, in their, their kind of contrast to what this world has become. I think it's like really important to get that stuff across. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, another reason why we wanted to stuff these a little bit.
0: Uh, could you talk about the political satire part of it a bit? Because of the two issues I've read, it's very much on point. But because of the production schedule of a comic book, you're going to be at the very <laughs> least a couple of months behind, if not longer than that. So how much did that play into the equation when you were crafting this? Um, I, there were definitely
3: times in news cycles where I was like, if we could make the book just come out tomorrow, we would promote <laughs> with the fact that like we called something or it was it was so on point to something that's like in issue three or whatever and so there, there were times i was like oh god if we could just control like just drop it as a digital issue it would even even after we had set this book up at dark horse like months before we were announcing but the book was already getting done like ted cruz started picking fights with sesame street and i was like
4: mm-hmm. can we announce the book right now <laughs> <laughs> i mean even, um, even after the fact of it like coming out and having like you know sesame street pulled 200 episodes from mm-hmm. first of all to oh. be on hbo max and gatekeep a show like sesame street is like <laughs>
3: really like yeah. again
4: you're just like Her satire that yeah we were just trying to make it as ridiculous as possible but all of these things just kept happening where it's just like oh god can we please get a break already like we don't yes. want to we don't want to be right. <laughs> a lot of reality
3: in the last year is like caught up to the book in a way that bums me out. Like the satire's less arched than we had hoped it would be when reality rises to meet it. But why, you know, for a lot of the, for a lot of the issue plots and, and, and I would say every issue usually has like at least two different things that we're kind of talking about um, two or three. Um, most of them are less, um, like a new talking point du jour and they're more like issues that we really think are not being handled and are, are if anything, only getting worse. So, you know, I think, um, you know, ha- certainly in, in the first issue we deal with like children who were um, effectively separated from their parents at the border uh, is one of the elements. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's more of an acutely recent issue Um, but it's one that has like not really been given a solution in, in several years. And, you know, even before there was forced separation, we still had children who were being sent separate from their parents, um, less about migrant workers, but more about areas where there is total economic destitution, right? And so you were seeing the same thing in Europe when there were, um, like people fleeing war across, uh, uh just across the Mediterranean, there were like children being put on boats by themselves. And so, you know, that, that is sadly something we anticipated would still not have gotten a bow put on it in a year. Um, Issue three is about, you know, wildfires, like growing, growing wildfires and uh, the Southwest running out of water and having more Mm -hmm. territorial and business disputes over water rights. And like, I had such anxiety about that. There was no joke a big part of why I left California (laughs) and it's Mm -hmm. getting worse. And like, you can, if like, if you haven't read anything about the Colorado river and you want to stress yourself out tonight when the show's done, go Google that. But like, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, we felt pretty confident. Even the people we voted for and liked better, weren't going to solve it in a year. Yeah. But you,
4: (laughs) you went to Portland and like, so, you know, have fun with your militias right outside your city <laughs> and like <laughs> the, the crazy, yeah. like 115 degree heat waves that have been happening in the Pacific Northwest. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere right. to go. Uh, and but, that's yeah, and touching on that, like, that environmental, like,
3: come, right?
4: Yeah. <laughs> they, can, yeah they, they can travel, travel all, all the- Yeah. And like gun rights and like, you know, yeah. And, like James said, is like trying to touch on these different things and like, you know, roll them in, in, into, uh, yeah. In, uh, all, all the, thing, all the things that are depressing.
0: <laughs> uh, Could you talk um, a little bit about it? I'm going to mispronounce the name, but Abelay Kusanov on art because you need such a specific type of art for a book like this to work. And like mm-hmm. Pete said, it does totally work. But how did that process? How did you come around to Abelay?
4: Yeah, um, man, I, I, I just want to say, like, quickly, just as somebody who's, you know, I've been an art director for, you know couple decades now and work with illustrators a lot on you know different kind of projects for like journalism and marketing and stuff like that and so there's just like this quality of artists that can be so rare but when you find them you're just like <laughs> you're mine and you're going nowhere <laughs> and he's like one of them because he's just like he is so clever he is so fast he I mean he sent us the initial sketches. And they were perfect. I mean, it was just like he just refined it a little bit. But, like, you know, I'm putting together the trade right now. And I'm including a lot of his initial sketches. And it's like, man, it was all there from, like, day one. Like, this guy is – he's just phenomenally talented and just, like, a pleasure to work with. And, and I have to say, like, to that point about him being right off the bat – nothing in his
3: uh, portfolio suggested like this kind of work. It's not like we we tracked him down because he drew puppet mercenaries. It's um, like, he, uh, you know, he, I had liked his art and we had been in touch and we're interested in finding something to work on together. And it was around the time Jim and I had really, really decided this was what we wanted to do. So I was like, Hey, this is kind of weird, but, you know, would you want to take a stab at this? Would you want to do some concept designs and see if we can find the right look? And like Jim said, right away, they were this perfect balance of having visual cues to types of puppets or, or like puppet structural style um, that you could know from something, but making an original character. And like adding just in his sketches all these smart details that totally show he got it and he was thinking right along with us like um it's totally normal even with great artists where the development process includes um like learning each other's language or 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 having to figure out oh you were thinking of the project this way and i was thinking of it this way what's it going to turn into Mm -hmm. and he read our document and like right away was on the same page with us and every you know, in in improv terms, yes, and he gave, was, like, that's exactly where we're trying to go. Um, And it was, it it was beautiful. And on top of that, when, you know, artists, like, practice for years drawing a human face, and how to make emotions, and (laughs) expressions, and, and have it look right, he had to, like, make up these faces are all totally differently structured from each other. They're not like people. And how am I going to make them shocked, horny, hungry, whatever. And he just keeps nailing it in ways that I see it. And it absolutely sells and heightens the moment. And it's so, it's funny. It's heartbreaking. It's uh, like, we, we just, we, we struck gold in asking the right person to,
4: to do. Yeah. And then Ellie Wright's book. Coming in to do all the colors, you know, she had a really good balance between like, you know, making sure that the world was kind of drab. It was like you know a little bit uh, depressing, and but balancing it out with like the colors of the puppets still like again not being too bright and poppy and too like TV show era of mm-hmm. of their existence and more just like worn down, but like still having like a nice bit of contrast from the environment, which I think was also a big challenge, and she really rose to the occasion and then taylor esposito our letterist or our, our letterer who just like again just knows how to like james and i are verbose <laughs> We i think a common complaint about books we've written together are like jesus christ there's a lot of text <laughs> like, yeah so taylor is like you know a, a, a pro and was able to just kind of like make sure that he wasn't detracting from Abla's art and and getting in all of our nonsense that that you know we insisted on including and not cutting. Uh, So it's just been really just an awesome team to work with. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Just the the nailing of the tone of like, because what what you're trying to do is so much, you know, so it's a lot (laughs) to hand to an artist and be like, make this look real. You know, it's like, you got to be effing kidding me. It's a post-apocalyptic world. And there's (laughs) these, you know, puppets running around like so... Uh, it's really impressive what has been achieved with this comic. Not only uh, uh, the character designs are so much fun, uh, uh, but also yeah, I mean the, the they can't feel like you know just a part of the background. They got to pop enough, and uh, I, I was just really just so happy and so, and so impressed. I mean, we're talking about how uh, you know depressing it is and how fucked up it is, but it's a, it's a joy to read. You know, like it is really fun to kind of. Uh, a visit this world that hopefully isn't our exact future, but, uh, man, it is just, uh, it's, you know, I don't want any- anybody listening to think this sounds like a fucking depressing book and I don't want to buy it. It's really very creative and a lot of fun. But I mean, and, and thank you.
4: But I think like a thing that James and I struggle with is like, how do you keep up any sense of optimism you know, especially we're parents and like, you know, have children that we're raising in this world. And it's just like, you have to have a sense of like, yeah, this is fucked up, but like, there's gotta be a way that we can do things differently. There's gotta be a way to make things better. And I think like, for me, at least like in writing this book, it's just like, what we're missing, I think what what capitalism, late stage capitalism has really taken away from us is community. And so it's just, like, you have this, like, type group of, of uh, you know, these <laughs> mercenary terrorists, but also just, like, trying to, like, go out and into the world and, like, share that. And, again, it's like it just kind of goes back to what we appreciate about these characters in the first place, about all of the important lessons that they taught us about those things of, of community and sharing and, and you know, being a better person for for someone else's sake and and not being selfish and and hoping that those ideals are enough to kind of combat against this weird narcissistic selfish world that we have, you know, found ourselves in.
0: This is just a logistical question. And maybe this gets into spoilers. But given you have these puppet beings running around the world and humans, are there also Puppets like regular puppets <laughs> that you can stick your hand up? Or do those not exist?
3: I mean, that's have to like to a mystical stuff. That. Oh, that's so that's sorry. puppet thing I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we yes, yeah. There are there, there there are, but they're usually like a lesser quality, right? And so okay. we don't we don't show it, but we have had there's reference to some Degree of that in the scripts, and there's there. I we have so many things we want to do if we get to do more beyond the four issues, and and that certainly is something I would love to have, um, on uh, answered on panel for you as well.
0: Well, (laughs) I hope
2: there's more. So much to me. (laughs) The first two issues are just bangers, so I really do hope there is more. And I definitely felt like a little bit of like a team in there and different stuff. And I'm hoping your uh, mustache there's foreshadowing that we're going to maybe get the Magnum PI reference.
4: <laughs> you want to do a one shot? Come on, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I That'll love be it. Amazing.
0: <laughs> what, uh, given that you are dealing with this political stuff and we were joking about Amazon and comicsology earlier, has... Have you had any trouble with Dark Horse at all? Has there been anything tricky or have they been good to go on absolutely everything? <laughs>
4: they've been
0: amazing. <laughs> uh, no, they, they've they been amazing. They've been
3: um, – so this is I, – I mean I've been working in comics for 13 years. It's my first time working with them on anything. Um, and they've been amazing partners. They, uh, when we were pitching this book, I sent it a few places and, you know, I, I become, uh, i gotten to know um, our editor, Daniel uh, Siobhan, a, l- a little bit uh, here in Portland. And so um, he works on great stuff and it said he would want to read pitches from me and just almost everything he has his hands on there, I think is great work. So I was like, well, if anything, he could make it better. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's got good taste. Um, and so I sent out the pitches and before anyone else could say, Hey, we're, you know, we'll give this a read. He was like, I love it. I'm going to talk to dark horse about getting you an offer tomorrow. And I was like, wow. Oh, wow. and like, like gave us a, you know, was like really set us up in a, a good way there that champions the book and and us as creators. And, um, they never asked us to, like change our message or anything if anything the you know a few things he weighed in on like encouraged us to like go a little harder on something And mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, yeah they've been their marketing team has really jumped in anytime we've had an idea or a question and they've they've really beat the drum for the book in a way that um, you know I I've had other places not uh, like, the, like they've out supported uh, other places when it was really their property and their name on the line at other publishers. And this is this is ours. This is still truly creator owned. And they've you know really busted their butts to to market the book and help get
0: the word out for us. That's so great. That's uh, are awesome really happy. That's great. Uh, like like you said, there's four issues. The second issue is out tomorrow, and then it is going to be collected into trade. Is, do you know when that about that that's coming out yet? March. I
3: think, yeah. So, so the issues are, the issues are uh, pretty sure locked and loaded to hit, you know, August, September, October, November. Um, they're finishing four right now. So that should be fine for them. Um, but the trade is not coming out till March. Uh, but also the world might have become the story by the week. <laughs> Some things go. Oh. Like, maybe read it in issues while it's still a funny exaggeration and not horribly <laughs> accurate.
0: Well, uh, hopefully, it does come true so I can, you know, stick my hand up one of those puppets and just Oh saying. my I'm God. God. He's switched, what? 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 <laughs> well, Top Gun Q? Maverick, now in theaters. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Who are you, man? Uh, <laughs> just I'm pulling at threads and seeing what comes loose. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> James. Chip, always good seeing you. The book is so good. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. On it. <laughs> and, uh, so much fun. To whatever Thank you. Text.
4: Great seeing you. Excellent. You too. A pleasure.
1: if you don't win your first bet place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc
0: all right. There we go. Once again, the book is called Survival Street. As we mentioned, the second issue is out tomorrow as we're taping it. And it's very, very fun. And, oh, yeah. folks, we're going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all folks! make it up. Folks, it is your audience questions. <laughs> and for audience questions, all you got to do is ask a question either in the comments here on Crowdcast or in the comments. Over on YouTube. Either way, you know what to do. It's all yeah. good. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we're drinking tonight. Now, what you
2: drinking. What you and What you drinking. Now, you've ruined the food and drink slack with your pumpkin bullshit. So I can't even imagine what you're, you're drinking tonight. Oh, well, actually, uh, Stray Bullet, Brett Macris. Stray Bullies. Our
0: CBC chef has once again gone back to curating from the Gotham cocktail book and curated a drink. I am actually blanking on the name. I think it's like wingtips or something like that. No, Telfin. Telfin, that's what it is. Great shoes. It's mint, rye rye whiskey, Campari, two types of Verduth, Benedictine, and Amarana cherries. Uh, And that was one of the first things we did for the cookbook. It is... Real good. Unfortunately, I got home at the last second today before the show, so I wasn't able to pick up Rye. So instead, Pete, you'll be very happy to know I'm drinking a coffee pumpkin nitro cold brew beer from Southern Tier. Very good. It, like you know how you're always having a, a pumpkin pie and a cup of coffee. No, you know that? no, I don't know that. Imagine that, but carbonated. Ooh, that's you're not selling me on anything. Mm-hmm. It's actually very good. Pete, what are you
2: drinking tonight? What did you steal from your brother's fa- fridge? <laughs> I got, uh, still got some of these uh, high noons, because it's noon somewhere. You might as well start drinking. It's a little vodka. Who do you soda. work for?
4: Forget about me. <laughs>
2: Pete. Bacchia your so corporate totally show for
0: stuff you found in a fridge behind you. Jesus. At least this was sent to me by the company. Uh, My God. Hey, you're not better than me. All right. Uh, definitely true all right (laughs) let's get to some questions here this one is from kevin what are some of the best worst weirdest pieces of merch you've seen
2: purchased or received uh well i don't know about uh worse but uh the best for me uh was that foam chainsaw for uh uh the television show with um oh my god you got one i was so jealous at a convention where it was like Uh, Was it Ash versus the Evil Dead or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they had a foam chainsaw. You know, because it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. you can only put up so many posters and have so many pins. So it was like a fun. Instead of a foam finger, you got a foam chainsaw. You know, you can joke about cutting your friends in half and not actually do it. You know what I mean? Um, The best one. Wait,
0: I'm going to. Hold on. Hold on one second. So. This was, I think, for, like, the second season of Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of these they sent out, but AMC sent me my favorite mug of all time, which I know you haven't watched it, but in the show, uh, Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill, has this yellow travel mug that says, World's Second Best Lawyer. (laughs) <laughs> and they sent out mugs that say world's second best reporter oh, uh, to wow. reporters. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And also it's a good travel mug. So there you go. Love that. Oh, isn't that nice? It yeah. is very nice. Wow. Uh, but what's uh, what about worst or weirdest? We talked about best, but what about worst or weirdest? Worst I feel hesitant to slam weird. anybody who sent me free stuff. It's always so nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I did just get from Fox they're having a press day tomorrow they sent out blueberry scone popcorn we've
2: we've gone. Too far. It's just all. Yeah, we passed the
0: Rivicon. I'll tell you what. I tasted it, and it, I was like, "Yeah, this is popcorn that tastes like a blueberry scone." But
2: how is that I, even I don't know, I don't know why you do that in the first place. I guess <laughs> when you're, you know, you're eating popcorn, you think, you know, I'd rather be eating a blueberry scone. <laughs> Two <laughs> like, very similar experiences. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You eat them at the same time of day, normally. So, like, why Absolutely. would? Yeah, um, why wouldn't you just have those interchangeable? Uh, Uh,
0: And also, I'll mention, as somebody who's wearing two pieces of swag right now, this Top Gun Maverick hat is pretty good. But these Star Trek Lower Decks
2: t-shirts that Paramount Plus set up, like the most comfortable t-shirts.
0: They're very comfy.
2: uh, It's great. I'm great that you're enjoying all the free shit that you get sent to you. (laughs) That's really nice. I'm trying to think because there have, you know, like there had to have been stuff that was sent out that kind of ruined stuff for you. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of, like... What about if somebody sent you, like, 700 The Boys hats? Would that be weird? <laughs> it would be weird, sure, but, uh, you know, what's what's crazy is we couldn't get rid of them all. You know what I mean? No, we really couldn't. We, yeah. we
0: got them because we hosted a screening of the premiere of The Boys. Which was a lot of fun to do. Super fun. But then we had hundreds of hats left and kept giving them out at every single live show, but... By the time the pit shut down for the pandemic, we still had a ton board
2: Yeah. Poor Justin had to go get him. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. He definitely did, too. All right. Why don't we move to some questions here on YouTube? We got one. This is from Nelson Martinez. Have you guys watched first episode of new season of Stargirl? Thoughts? Uh, also, is Star Guys podcast coming back? So Star-guized. why don't we start with the second thing first? So here's the thing. Uh, we made the hard decision to no longer do our star girl podcast star guys a star girl podcast uh, we love doing it had a lot of fun doing it um but uh, it was uh, to be blunt and we appreciate everybody that listened to it it was not the most listened to of all of our podcasts so in terms of the amount of time it takes us to watch the show take the podcast edit it all of that stuff um we weren't sure if our energies were best uh, spent there rather than other places. Yeah, I
2: mean, we're a little backlog with stuff. So it's like we yeah. got to kind of pick and choose our battles sometimes. And unfortunately, we can't do everything. So we got to kind of choose where we throw our efforts. And, you know, no offense to people who love that podcast, uh, just didn't get the numbers we needed to kind of uh, support the energy we were putting into it. So we had to let it go. And it is a huge bummer, because not only
0: do you have Amy Smart, who you love, not only do
2: you have Mikey, who you love. I mean, come on, the guy is just my hero. Not only do you have
0: Luke Wilson, who now has a beard, two things you love, but also Joel McHale was on the show, and you love Joel McHale.
2: I mean, come on, the guy's classic.
0: There you go. Um, but I will say, did you check it out anyway? Have, have you watched the premiere yet, Pete? I
2: mean, I could. It's a little heartbreaking, too, right now. So I was going to mm. let some time go so, by. That's so my cool. heart heal. And then I was hoping well, to check it out.
0: I will tell you, I've watched the first six episodes, I think, now. And similar to the second season, they kind of paced it for the binge, I feel like. Like, it works it on an episodic base.
2: What? That's just a fun saying. Paste it for the
0: binge. Paste it for the binge. Uh, but, you know, there's like, there's some things that are episodic. And here there are things that are just sort of teased out a little bit per episode. But it's much lighter and more fun than the second season, which went very, very dark with all the eclipses sure and stuff. Sure did with that creepy fucking kid. Yeah. And... Joel McHale and Luke Wilson together is very fun. It's just yeah, that like, you could tell, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, did you improv that? And You watch this? You're like, no, you improv that. That was just, <laughs> you guys having fun on set. Uh, and from interviewing a couple of the cast members for the, my day job, I know that apparently like they would fight to get the button on the scene. Like they keep like hitting each other up with a joke. So they'd be like, I get the last word. Mm-hmm. So it has that sort of energy and it's very fun. Um, happy to talk about it here on the live show if people want to talk about the episodes Um, we just won't be doing a separate podcast for it so
2: at word did you feel like it's worth checking out would you recommend it or are you just saying i in full
0: honesty i thought season one hit way above its weight yeah like just i was so impressed at how well they executed that season season two i was kind of disappointed about. Um, I thought a lot of the stuff didn't really work. The action wasn't always quite as good, even though there's some fun sequences. It got a little too dark with everything and complicated with all the Eclipso stuff, and it didn't really pay it off in the same way. This one, to me, it's like it's back to being fun. Like it's a nice middle ground between the two where everybody seems to be having a nice time, um it's goofy there's some good star girl stuff there's not really much of a villain plot going on or anything like that but particularly with uh the crocs in town sportsmaster and tigress and like there's this week's episode there's some fun stuff with ab smart and
2: tigress where they try to bake a cake and things like that it's a good time uh, does does Luke Wilson punch anybody out? That was really that was awesome. Not that I've that. seen in the first
0: six episodes. Remember
2: when we but did there that is
0: time? more what's his name? Steed? Mikey. Steve? who's uh, Steve's The g- guy who's basically you on the show.
2: <laughs> Wait, the mechanic guy?
0: Yeah, the mechanic who's like,
2: hey, how you doing? Here, man? Hey, what's going on? Hey, we're gonna on check out <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's guy. me, Pete LePage. <laughs> I don't talk in full senses. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well,
0: anyway, uh, thank you. I just want to reiterate, thank you, everybody, listens to that. We don't want to diminish that at
2: all because that's really important to us. And but... just to point out something, Ben, the Bodhran Kali mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, um, if you, if we do have all these hats. Maybe it's something the uh patreon rewards or something mm. that we could send out per month, so that way it's just not sitting there, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, we could watch a couple of episodes and talk about them. That's a fun idea, yeah we'll definitely talk about
0: that when Justin comes back to the land of thanks,
2: Ben the, the Borkali
0: uh tied into that straight bullet says since Justin died partying, do you have any drunken party nights you regret? Oh my God, me yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. A ton of them. I mean, I could tell the story that we frequently told about the night that we signed to do our Nerdist show. Uh, So we went out with the producer. He was this guy at Broadway Video. Great guy. We're very excited because we signed up with Nerdist to do a video version of the show. We're going to book it. We're going to do guests. It was going to be highly produced. I don't know that you can check out all the episodes online anymore, but if you do want to check it out, you can. And we just had this night where like, he kept buying us drinks and it's totally my fault because I got wasted, but he'd be like, do you guys want to do another shot? And I'd be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Every single time. Yeah. Got- wrecked and i still regret that night like i uh well uh, i won't ruin it but i got in a cab on the way home and was just lying there ill the entire time and i was like okay it's fine i can hold it in, it's not a problem and the guy pulled up to my stop and i was like okay how much and vomited all over his cab oh my god the guy was screaming at me, rightly course. so.
2: Yeah, as you should. I
0: was so You're panicked, a I paid, person. crazy tip, left my phone in there, lost my phone, and the next day, like, this is when my kid was super, super little, uh, and I was taking care of her for full time. Uh, I could not get up off of the floor and call my parents. I'm like, I'm very ill. Can you come over? And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry you're ill. What are you thinking? I was like, I don't know. Some sort of stomach thing, maybe. <laughs> maybe I
2: got a little maybe, carried maybe, away last night. Maybe something I like that. Thought I was invincible for some reason and yeah, didn't use any of my smarts. No, that's very bad.
0: I still feel bad about that every time I get in a cab.
2: <laughs> you have a media flash. I that? really
0: do because I felt so terrible because that poor guy
2: that he had to clean the whole thing. That sucks. Yeah, uh, what about I, you, Pete? I would say as far as regrets, it's always the, the the day after where you're you know you're kind of worshiping the porcelain god a little bit and uh, kind of really having a hard time. Those are the tough reg- uh, the gr- regrets. Um, <clears throat> I think the. Maybe the, I don't know if quote unquote worst is, uh, but I remember I was, uh, this was way back before cell phones, if you can imagine, uh, when I had a watch alarm on my phone. And, uh, you know, I, usually when you wake up in Ithaca, you see a view of uh, Cornell, you know, Mm -hmm. you see on top of the hill, uh, but my watch alarm was uh, going off and I woke up. And I look to my right and I see the yellow line (laughs) that indicates the middle of the road that I (laughs) passed out in a road and then looked up and saw a view of Ithaca. And I woke up on the wrong hill and had to like meet my friend all the way back in Ithaca in 10 minutes because I gave myself a 10 minute window to wake up, splash my, you know, with some water in my face and then meet my friend. So and uh, you were in the middle of the road. Yeah, it was luckily it was like Cornell campus. So it wasn't like a busy street. But still, you know, it was uh, waking up in the middle of the road is not a good way to wake up. You have some regrets after that. Here's the thing: waking up in the middle of the road is better than
0: not waking up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised it wasn't waking up by a car horn or yeah, being run over. Uh, We got a
0: great question here from Ben the Border Collie. What specific puppet would you like to find your hand inside,
2: Pete? Do you want to take that one first? Oh my God, none. Uh, but I guess if I had to be a puppet, I would probably go with the animal or the the dude with the bent nose who plays the saxophone. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. On in the Mayhem, Electric Mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. I recently and I'll recommend this to anybody. I feel like I mentioned this on the show before, but at the Museum of the Moving Image here in New York, they have an amazing Jim Henson exhibit. With Ooh. a bunch of puppets. This is a little bit of a cheat, but I love looking at the big bird costume. Just the idea that like there actually was somebody in there was very cool. The other one, which is also a cheat, is I love they had the Swedish chef on display. And oh, I just man. love the fact that like there's some guy hunched out and his actual hands are coming out of the sleeves and doing that stuff. Very fun.
2: Orky, burk, burk.
0: <laughs> very fun just to sign uh and this is from youtube scott carpenter says with batman one bad day riddler ending very similar to killing joke what odds would you give for to bad day two-face ending close to the same way so Ooh, for anybody who doesn't not. know what that means there's a whole series of one bad day one shots that are coming out from different creative teams that take on each of batman's iconic villains so what do you think pete are we going to see something similar at the end there
2: i hope not i hope they get creative and don't make all the endings similar but it is fun to kind of see this uh this take on the different villains for sure they're doing a great job with it
0: yeah i i don't think so i mean you're gonna have the editor knows that they can make every one shot repetitive necessarily so i think we'll see some differences and we got one last one. This is from Pablo D Martinez. What do you guys want to hear from as far as D23 this year? Pete, are you familiar with D23 and what's going to be happening there?
2: Oh, man, I'm so uh, up to date on D23. You know what I mean? Just call okay. me D24. I'm, I'm in the loop. <laughs> okay,
0: D24. So this is Disney's convention that happens, I think, once every couple of years. I don't think it happens every year, but I could be wrong about that. But this is going to be a big one for a number of reasons. They always have a big bunch of panels, but there's a lot of anticipation, of course, for the Marvel and Star Wars stuff, as you can imagine. The persistent rumor is that they're going to announce the Fantastic Four or some parts of the Fantastic Four at D 23 I Don't. expect we're going to get a little bit more of that. My pet theory that is based hat, on nothing.
2: Theory? Uh, pet There's theory? Pet theory, it's a theory you're going to raise and, and, and give food to? And yeah, make exactly. A little... And sneeze at a little bit because I'm allergic to its dander.
0: Aww. Uh No, my pet theory, it, which is really based on nothing, is... You looked at that timeline they put for phase 6 at San Diego Comic-Con and it's empty. You got Fantastic 4, you got Kang Dynasty, you've got uh, uh Secret Wars and that's pretty much it. I think they're going to fill that in and one of the things I think they're going to fill in is uh, whatever Wakanda they end up forever. calling What?
2: Wakanda Forever.
0: That's coming out in November. That's phase 4. That's the end Wakanda. of Wakanda. Wakanda Forever. I think they're going to announce X-Men or if they end up calling it the mutants or whatever it's going to be,
2: because I've been saying like, that for years. You've been saying that for years. Stop but it. I
0: specifically think they're going to announce it at T23. I think they're going to, that's going to be their one more thing at the end of the panel to kind of blow the roof off. And the reason is I think you've had frankly three, four failed fantastic four movies at this point, because To be like, and here's Fantastic Four, and I know everybody's hyped for a good version of it. I feel like adding Fantastic Four to the existing heroes that they already have isn't enough to give it a really bump up for those next two Avengers movies. If you've got everybody on tap, you bring back, like, Chris Evans' Captain America, or maybe even have a variant of Robert Downey Jr. or something like that, obviously a big deal— But you bring in Fantastic Four and X-Men and Spider-Man, then it's finally, and all the Netflix heroes, like, then it's finally everything under one roof, and that's the thing everybody's wanted all along. So, I don't think they're going to miss that opportunity, and... We'll see if they announce it at D23, but I do think it's coming up in Phase 6. and I,
2: I agree with uh, Michael Tillman. I think it's going to be X23 announced at, D- at D23. You know what I mean? Well, there you And, go. and, just, and just in case there's people listening at home and are like, what the fuck is D23? Can you just explain it, you know, just in case the listeners don't understand what's happening?
0: D23 is Disney's exclusive club. It's because it started in 1923, I believe I could be wrong about that.
2: Oh, okay. There you go. And it's, also I thought because it was just a bunch of, uh, it's a 23 dudes.
0: sided die that they roll and whatever it lands on, that's what they announce at the convention. We do have one last question here. This is from all in the game over on YouTube. Who would be both oh, your man. choice to head up DC studios with Dan Lynn reportedly passing on the role oh. Now, to give everybody, not you, Pete, since, again, I know this is something that you're very up on, but DC Studios, uh, DC Films is looking for a new head. There was Walter Hamato, who was and is heading it up, at least through Black Adam. But they're looking for somebody new to set down their 10-year plan. They're trying to figure out... Uh, who is going to take DC into the future. That person is saddled with a bunch of films that have already been made and are in various stations of development. Other things that are TV shows that are unconnected and what are they going to do about it? And David Zaslav, who's the new head of Warner Brothers Discovery, wants somebody who's going to take a steady hand on that. There was a guy named Dan Lin, who's produced the Lego movies, among other things, who was reportedly in contention, but that fell through today. So Pete... Using your expert industry analysis, who should take the DC Films job? Who should take this, control? This is what
2: you do, okay? You you don't just get one person. What you do is you bring Jim Lee into the office, okay? Then you bring in Larry Hama, and then you bring in Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you just you sit them, and they're going to be the ba- brain trust that pulls DC out and makes it, uh, you know, back and. Uh, to what it can be you know what i mean just turns this whole motherfucker around it's actually not a bad idea pete <laughs> 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 i i also th- i was expecting i know you're kind of joking but like not no i just think larry hama's got all the experience you need mm-hmm. uh jim lee also from helping image kind of uh pull up and and do its own thing and then who else who is there for the animated series glory days and can kind of like give you the all, all it's all there you know what i mean yeah. like their powers combined and, the, and you're good to go i will say jim lee is a really good idea but in particular but i think
0: he's been so involved with the previous regime that's never going to happen he also loves comics and that's where a lot of his focus is even as his sure, role amazing, has brought in ma-
2: more amazing artists ever
0: uh same thing with jeff johns who Uh, A lot of fans have turned against him for various reasons, even though I think we still like him on this show. But there's a lot of complicated stuff going down there, so they're never going to take him under the wing. My main feeling is uh, there's nobody who should take this role. And the reason I say that is there's basically like you're I cannot imagine anybody who'd be like, yeah, I'm going to come into a role where a target is on my back from fans, executives, I have three to four finished movies that are wrapping up a continuity that 50% of the people say they're diehards about, but maybe don't actually watch. And 50% of the people hate. And then you have all of these other ancillary TV shows and other things. And the only successful thing is Joker and the Batman. And that's it. But they're not connected to each other. Like, what do you do with all of that? You basically have two to three years where you can't do anything before you can do something. And by that point, Holly's you know, going to be like, well, this was a failure. Oops, you failed. You're out of the job. Like it is a terrible position to have. So whoever they get,
2: they should bring, just bring somebody in,
0: hire somebody. Right. They will be right, fired yeah, yeah. in three years. And then we so
2: here's, money. here's, here's a new plan. Okay. okay. This is what I'm you do. You get Jason Aram. Okay. And you pay him all the money and yep. then you say, okay, we're going to have a writing contest. And you say, who can write the best Batman script? And then whoever turns in the best Batman script is then in charge of the Batman movies. And you get like 45 unpaid interns to crank this out. And then you're golden.
0: That's what they say. 45 unpaid interns on 45 typewriters will eventually type a Batman movie.
2: That's right. (laughs) That's how the expression goes. That's exactly how it works. And I think they could do it um yeah i mean you can't you can't think about all the negative things and all the stuff going on you just got to show up and do a job and have a vision and you know execute because they have properties that people love you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like they've shown time and time and these years and years of material and unbelievable comics all you got to do is tap in the right one have the right people at the helm it's it's not that hard
0: I'm going to throw one other thing out at you. Pablo here in the comments says they should hire somebody that knows DC inside and out. And I'm going to throw this out to you. The issue that they run into is they always try other things with DC and they come back to like our only consistently successful thing is Batman movies, right? Like they do a Batman series. They kind of run it out. Then they try a bunch of other things. They don't work. Then they come back and they reboot Batman who knows how to systematically take down and break down every single part of the DC universe, Batman. That's who you get to lead DC films is Batman. Right? (laughs) Pete. You don't think that'll get a little too meta? Uh, No, I don't think so.
2: Okay. All right. Get
0: Batman to run it. He'll be doing it efficiently. Like one week solid. Obviously it'll go horribly wrong. And, Things will blow up, and do his... yeah.
2: After like you know the sixteenth time, you know Batman says, "I'm Batman." You know you're gonna mm-hmm. be like, "All right, I mean, come on."
0: Yeah, or when they ask him to like sign off on budget releases or something like that, and he's like, "I remember when my parents oh, signed off on budget releases." <laughs> <laughs> ah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you know, gotta try something. Yeah. And that's it for your audience questions. We're now going to move on to trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn
2: it over to Pete LePage. All right. Man, this is exciting. Salves, so, do we have someone, or is it going to be a first-hand-up situation? Somebody from the
0: audience say first-hand-up. Say me, whatever you want. You're going to win $25 at Midtown dollars. So we got Pablo saying oh. hand-up already. Pablo's a quick first one, That's yeah. on. He's in on it. He is the Top Gun Maverick. Oh boy, of trivia. Very excited. Oh, people are excited for Pablo. This is great. Yeah. Um and uh, frankly, I am excited to find out who you are going to pay tribute to today. Who passed away uh because there's been so many recently. Pablo. Pablo!
2: What's going on? I'm good, Hello. I'm good. Welcome good to, to the see stream. You. Take it away, Pete. All right. Today's trivia is on topical comic news. As as usual. And a small nod to the legend, Roger E. Mosley. R-I-P-T-C. All right. So please listen to all three options before making your selection, and uh, you will win $25 free to Midtown Comics Online. All right, here we go. Question number one. On October 12th, they will be celebrating 50 years of blank. Is it A, Zalvin's mom, B, <laughs> Luke Cage, or C, Chloe Webb?
4: Oh, had to go with B.
2: B is correct, Pablo. <sighs> B is correct. All right, here we go. Question number two. A new graphic novel for, graphic novel from the Lumberjanes co-creator puts a spin on blank. Is it A, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow? B, Family Circle, or C, Teresa Randall? So it's either A, which is the only one that makes sense, or you could pick B.
4: I'm going to go with A.
2: A is correct. Here we go. Last one. Appreciate the golf claps. Uh, Question number three. According to a recent Newsarama article, who is the fourth most dangerous DC villain? Is it A, The Gleam, B. Parallax or C. Dean Ween. <laughs>
3: oh boy.
2: B is technically the only one that's a DC villain, so. You oh know, yes, got, I'm going to choose that as an answer. There. Yeah. B, oh, B is correct. All three correct. Congratulations to you. You will get yourself you. a gift Thank card you. eventually.
4: Oh, I have one. Qu- I have one question.
2: Yes, Pablo, what is your question? Will we see a live show with you guys at some point soon? Oh, man, I'd Mm. love to, love to.
0: Yes, uh, we keep talking about it. It is something that we definitely want to do. We don't know when, but we would really love to do it.
2: Yeah, we just, we got to figure out, um, you know, because of the pandemic, the theater situation's uh, a little difficult in New York. But once that kind of gets kind of uh, a little bit more in a regular basis, we can... uh, meet and form like voltron again and have a live show because you know it's been a minute so we'd love to be able to do that for sure and pablo do you have a guess as to the secret movie that pete was hinting at in
0: his third answers oh i have no clue
2: well i'll give you a hint it's the 1990 hit movie starring denzel washington Heart Condition. Of course, everyone's oh, favorite Denzel heart movie, Heart oh, okay. Condition. Wow, great movie. Ah, all right, I haven't seen pa- that in years. <laughs> yeah,
0: Pablo, thanks for coming on. Always good to see you.
4: Thank you. Okay. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah. Alright, as we uh, all Pablo. know, comics are cool and they're coming out all the time.
2: Pete, what are you looking yeah. forward to that's coming out this week? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel, Tales of from the Three Kingdoms, number one, which is a mouthful. But totally worth it. Uh, Mind management, bootleg number three. Once in future, of course, number twenty-nine. Twig number five. Okay. Ward number four, Pete. and of course, Punisher number six. Oh my God, you're going nuts! Uh, the a lot one of great title, a
0: lot of great comics. The one title I am looking forward to is Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty, cool, number nice. four from Marvel. Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, as well as Carmen Canero have been killing it on great. this book and it's definitely rocketed to the top of my stack every time very excited to see what happens tomorrow all of those are going to be in our stack podcast which to be used Wednesday at 9am both in the comic book club feed and it's own dedicated stack feed and folks that is it for this week's show. shoot a couple of people we want to thank we want to thank Jim Festante and James yeah. Asmus for coming on check out Survival Street you should you should check it out it's great Issue number two is out from Dark Horse tomorrow, so definitely check that out. Next week, we are going to have a Piznacht show with you, for you. There are so many guests coming on. Matthew Rosenberg Bergy is coming on the show to talk about his new secret project. You'll find out more about that, but you probably know from Image Comics What's the Furthest Place from Here, among other things. Also, Chris Gilberti and Phil Jimenez, the icon are going to be here to talk about Zestworld Comics. And Giles Clark is going to be here to talk about it's Roger. Harrow Comics. too many O'Hara people. Too many people, so. too many people. And Justin might be back. Maybe. it's a lot more people. Marvel Vision, people. our Marvel podcast, is rolling out every Thursday with very positive episodes talking about She-Hulk. We love it, and we all love it, and it's great. And the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, also on Thursdays, so check that out where you can get all of the episodes right now on our Patreon podcast speaking of which patreon.com slash comic book club to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do don't forget to subscribe on Apple Android Spotify Stitcher or the app of your choice at comic book live on Twitter comic book club live on Instagram comic book club live for this podcast and many more until next time good night
2: take care of yourselves out there